So I would definitely consider myself as one ambitious mother. You know, I am stubborn, right? I set big goals and I hit them. And with all that said, my goals this year even scare me. And I thought I'd put them out publicly, number one, to keep myself accountable. Number two, because I think it might be of interest for some of you guys who have been following me. I mean, on YouTube, I've been on YouTube now for seven years, ever since I was, you know, living at home, single mom, going to gym, trying to find my big break, a business start, all the way from that to when I first started my agency five and a half years ago to having my first 10K month, my first 100K month, making my first million, all the way from that to taking a million and a half uh, and turning it into almost 10 million last year with crypto. I think it's like eight and a half million. And lastly, I know some of you guys might be setting your goals for 2022 at the moment. Um, and I thought I would share a little bit about sort of my goal setting methodology, because ever since 2014, so like eight years now, I've been setting yearly goals, uh, obviously starting off pretty small and cute back when I was only 14 years old, uh, all the way to, you know, what I set this year, which is some very hefty and very big goals that quite frankly scare me. So on that note, I got my tea right here, my loose leaf tea. And let's get into it. So I'll start off by sharing the first goal, then I'll tell you a little bit about my methodology, and then we'll get into last four final. So goal number one is have a personal investment portfolio of $20 million. Now this does not mean, honestly, there's just a lot of um, uh, BS out there and you just need to understand uh, what people are saying when they say it. So for some people, they might have an investment portfolio of $20 million, but that is not easily liquid, right? That might be tied up in uh, property here and there, uh, which, is that first of all, isn't easily liquid, it's illiquid. Uh, and second, uh, when they're referring to an investment portfolio of $20 million, that might mean that, you know, maybe they only have um, $7 million in principle in there, like as in their own money, uh, which is still very, very impressive. Uh, but then the other $13 million is debt. So just bear that in mind. Okay, so when I say $20 million, that means that like, let's say there's a scenario that comes up where by the end of the year, uh, if within 30 days I needed to buy a house for $20 million in cash or wanted to buy a yacht for $20 million in cash, all of my stuff is very illiquid, you know, or sorry, very liquid. Uh, you know, within 30 days I could sell it all uh, and then I would have $20 million in my bank account. So that's my first goal for the year. Uh, it's definitely one that scares me. You know, right now it always depends kind of on the crypto markets and, and this and that because that definitely is the largest portion of my uh, portfolio. Uh, the only things that I'm invested in are cryptocurrency, which makes up probably 75% of my portfolio right now, probably 15% or 20% watches. Um, I have 45 watches or something like that. And I buy all of my watches direct from the brands. So Richard Mill, AP, Patek, uh, Rolex, et cetera, et cetera. So there are some watches where I buy, uh, the second I walk out the store, I've doubled my money, right? Uh, so for me, it's a little sort of fun investment opportunity uh, where I get to enjoy something, but then it also makes great financial sense. I never set out to have 50 watches. I'm a big horology fan. I have been ever since I bought my first Timex Expedition. I saved up for it when I was eight years old. I remember I went to a store called Argos uh, in London uh, and I went and it was one of those stores where you would like go and there's like a little flip book of like, thousands of items and you went okay that's the one i want and then you tell the cashier and then they bring it out um i forget what those sort of stores are called i don't think they're around anymore uh but that's kind of what started my uh, fashion actually i actually have the watch in, in the other room um i remember i was talking with a, a friend of mine the other day and she was surprised that i still had it 15 years later or 14 years later but yeah i still have it uh i very much intend on giving it to my son or, or daughter in the future but Anyways, I'm going on a little bit of a side tangent. I apologize. Uh, the point is um, right now I have around $10 million in uh, my investment portfolio. So the goal is to double that. 
right now certain things like my watches um i think they appreciated bear in mind like as i said when i walk out the store a lot of my watches i instantly make double you know so let's say i buy I'll give you one of my uh, example, one of the watches, uh, and this is like the one watch I would, if I ever did think about like rejigging my uh, watch portfolio or something, I would never ever sell it in a million years. Uh, Rose Gold Nautilus, that watch is, I can speak in pounds, unfortunately, uh, 45,000 pounds is what I bought from Patek uh, retail. Uh, and I think right now they're going for like 180 or 190,000 pounds. So that's like 130,000 pound profit, like something like $150,000 profit to wear uh my what is to me will always be my grail watch even though i still own it it's still my like the one watch i could never ever ever imagine living without so if you know what you're doing watches can be a great investment and for some people they know the uh, car market i don't understand cars um i don't actually care too much about cars uh you know i made i made close to around 10 million dollars in 2021 uh and bought zero cars so it's just it's just for me something i've never really uh, cared about uh, but then again, that's probably because I lived in London for 17 years. Anyways, I digress. Um, that and I have some other alternative investments uh, that probably makes up 20 to 25% of my portfolio. The other 75 to 80% and the kind of reason I say this is that stuff, the alternative stuff, it's not going to do a 3x, right? Whereas that 7 million very well could do. And something that I kind of never shared publicly for some of you guys that follow me on my other social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. You see me sometimes where I've kind of broken down some of my, um, I don't really want to even call them trades, just sort of shorter term outlook investments. Um, like in November, I, I took out a loan against my crypto, which I don't recommend for most people. I just, you know, I know what I'm doing when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and I made a uh, million dollars in February using the bank's money, as in using uh, these um, DeFi, but they're not really DeFi um, uh, projects uh, like, you know, Nexo, Celsius, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can take loans out and, you, you know, you can have your crypto as collateral. Anyways, my point is, uh, you know, I made a million dollars uh, in February doing that um, uh, with Ethereum when it dropped uh, heavily. I think it was like right towards the end of Feb. Uh, within 30 days, just made a quick million dollars. I did that again, even more in uh, October, end of October. You guys, uh, some of you guys saw on my social media, uh, I put out that I bought actually a million dollars worth of Luna. By the time that mid-December or end, uh, sorry, end of December came around, it was just right around Christmas time or right before Christmas. It was worth that million dollars was worth $2.5 million. I paid off the um, loan that I had and I just left the principal. Um, so yeah, I basically ended up selling a million dollars uh, and paying off that uh, loan that I took. So that $1.5 million was just pure profit in my pocket. And as many of you guys know, I live in Dubai, uh, so I don't pay any tax on that. So it was seven weeks, $1.5 million very easily. Now, the reason I'm saying all this is because a lot of you guys always wonder, hey, how the hell do you know what to buy and blah, blah, and this and that. And this is just some of the stuff that I share publicly. Most of the stuff I don't even share publicly. And you know, how do you match to in, uh, 2021 at the beginning or sorry at the right in q4 of 2020 was when i started investing in cryptocurrency and i started going heavy um so i was super late to the party honestly uh, i just once i was in i was consumed by it i was doing all my research and it was pretty much in my free time outside the businesses all i did for for three or four months uh i took that 1.5 million dollars and by the end it was worth uh, by the end of the year it was worth like eight or nine million rebound some things uh needed some more cash uh, leaving the UK, I had a lot of taxes to pay, so I actually did cash out a lot of profits, you know, to pay a very hefty, hefty UK uh, tax bill, personal tax bill, because uh, I actually ended up investing all the stuff through my personal name rather through my business because I knew I was leaving. Uh, giving you guys the details, I don't know whether you care or not. Um, 
maybe you do anyways the point is the reason that i was able to make so much money um first six seven months was definitely um a lot of intuition a lot of studying a lot of researching uh but somewhere around september i realized like hey i should probably have someone full-time working in my corner doing this so i actually ended up hiring in september a full-time crypto researcher that works for me and yeah ever since september he's been working 24 7 working for me looking at very exciting interesting altcoins that will not wreck uh, the portfolio that i have i definitely am more of a high risk investor uh but i'm not i'm not someone who's starting with three thousand dollars and needs a 10x otherwise it's just not really even worth it like it's not really that interesting to them like for me with my portfolio if i make a 3x in 2021 that already takes me to 21 million dollars or thereabouts if i get a 5x that takes me to uh what is that quick maths 35 million dollars um so as I said, I have him in my corner and and I'm very excited because he's actually going to be a part of my new NFT project ever since probably around June or July of last year. I've had people coming to me and they're like, hey, let me manage this. I'll take 20 percent. You take 80 percent. We'll do a picture profile project. It'll be the easiest five, six million dollars you've ever made in your entire life. And I'm almost like, no, like no chance. I have full, full, full faith that I'm going to be a billionaire. To me, it's not even a doubt. Just be, and it's not even cockiness. It's just how early I started. Um, so for me, if I'm if I'm convinced I'm gonna make the B, I don't want there to be anything in my timeline or my history that I I don't look back and I'm proud at, right? So for me, I don't know. I just couldn't look at like a picture, pro, just a simple picture profile project. Like I, I I'm, I'll be honest, I have disdain, like strong disdain, uh, for 99.9 percent of NFT projects out there. So for me, it's been a long process of deciding on how I could offer something to the NFT world, which for me would have real world utility and really strong real world utility. And you know, something for me where the members would never sell. You know, the whole idea for me when I launched my NFT project is, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, if you get into the right NFT projects, you're going to make a two, three, four, five, maybe even 10x, right? But I want an NFT project where, where the utility is so strong where if you could never sell it again, you know, imagining a scenario where you could never even sell it again, that you would still buy it simply based off the utility. So anyways, I'm happy to talk about that maybe in a different video or something like that. But this really went into a long tangent uh, about my researcher. So he's actually going to be involved in that project. And one of the big things on that project is going to be giving you guys all that same resources and information that I personally use to multiply my wealth many, 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 many times over in 2021 with the profits that I made from my agency. So as I said, goal number one is investment portfolio of $20 million. Main way that I'm going to do that is through, once again, my incredible full-time researcher making the right picks while also bearing in mind wealth preservation and that I do actually have something to lose in this case compared to the person who has $3,000. That's all they have to their name. So, you know, it's uh, if you lose that, it's not the end of the world. Um, doing that while also still growing my businesses in full transparency, my businesses did around two, I think like, all of them combined like $2.3, $2.4 million profit not revenue profit in 2021 for 2022 i intend on that being close to around four million dollars in profit you know i have a business my software company agency flow where we haven't even started i mean by the time that you're watching this we would have started uh, uh billing customers but first of all agency flow hasn't been available to the public at all there's literally only 750 people on earth who even 
could know what the access code is, which is the members of Agency Navigator, which is my course that helps people build a business from zero to 10K a month with an online agency by using a very simple drop servicing method, which is how I built my agency to 50, 60K a month when I was first starting it. So only the Agency Navigator members even have access to the, to the access code that you would need to get into agency flow. Uh, so we're going to open that up to the entire Green C community. Uh, so then that'll be like 4,000, 5,000 people. Uh, and then we'll, I'll open it up publicly. So you know, that's a business, for example, where, where I've even said to my business partner, if it's not at a hundred K a month recurring revenue by the end of the year, uh, it's just not worth my time and my focus anymore. Uh, and I'm going to pull the plug when I've got my agency, which is so low impact and does a million and a half, well, anywhere from a million to a million and a half dollars a year profit. But I spend three or four hours a week on it because I have an incredible CMO. Bear in mind, I have been running it for a long time. So don't think that you're going to do that straight away. And then my education company, which, yes, fair enough, is a blood sucking leech most of the time in terms of my time commitment and, and funds that I've had to put in for research and development, custom platform, et cetera, et cetera. The team, massive team on that. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it's one that is very fulfilling for me. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is my first goal in 2020. Sorry, it was very long winded. I gave you guys a lot of details that maybe you didn't care about. Maybe you appreciate because most people probably don't think to give you those details. So first goal, investment portfolio of $20 million after tax by the end of 2022. So ladies and gentlemen, we'll do a quick sort of interlude just to explain my goals. So I'm looking at my goals now and every single one can be judged numerically. So I personally don't like goals where it's like, I want to be fulfilled, right? Because it's very hard to quantify that. And throughout the year, there's different phases where you are, you aren't. Maybe what you could do is you could have like, I want an average, um, let's say one of your goals this year is to feel more at peace or more calm. Let's say calm. Maybe you give yourself a calmness score every single day and then you aggregate that at the end of the year. And you want to say that on average, I want to be in a 7.5 calm, right? Uh, you can do that. Me personally, I don't like to do that stuff. Here's the way I like to look at goals. I like to look at goals where if this thing is true, everything else is true. And let me kind of break that down. Like, let's say I have a business goal, right? Like I have a goal uh, with my education company, which uh, in 2020 and 2021 was notoriously not really that profitable. Greenc.com has been very, very, un not unprofitable, but uh, you know, we've been operating like 20% margins, like 30% margins, because I have a massive team. And by the way, this is all my fault. I'm not pointing a finger anywhere else. Uh, yes, our revenue is high, but, um, I spent so much money, like over a million dollars on a custom platform that we didn't really need. But for me, for the culture and to for the industry, I thought it was important. It was more like a pride thing, if I'm being honest. Um, so that uh, my team who are so insanely well paid, uh, my mom always shouts at me almost a little too well paid, but I know she's doesn't mean that badly. She's just, you know, sweet and looking out for me. Um, so very, very well paid team, uh, expensive platform. And then outside of that, I spend a lot of money on even just like private dinners for my members uh, in the higher level programs or like, for example, on uh, the 18th. So I think you this will be out by the time you watch this. Uh, I put out a little message saying that, hey, for the next 10 people to get into our high level program, I'm going to take a yacht out for the day. We're going to have a little yacht party. Uh, I'll invite some of my high level entrepreneur friends here in Dubai. Uh, my business partner for the software company is here, as well as my lead media buyer at my agency. Uh, so our, our head media buyer, our head advertiser, uh, he's in Dubai as well. I flew him out uh, for a little power week. So, that, so yeah, there we go. There's another four or five thousand uh, dollars to kind of kick it for the day with, with some of my customers. So this is all stuff that I don't need to do. And our margins could be a lot higher, but that's down to me. So the reason I say all this is one of my big goals in uh, this is a sort of an intangible goal, just like a, a, a this is a intention, because I think there's a difference between a goal and an intention. And a lot of people mistake intentions for goals. 
So an intention of mine is that uh, growing C is a lot more profitable and as in like just pulls in more profit in 2022. And instead, you know, I look at that and I go, okay, what things, if this thing is true, then I will be more profitable at GYA. Or, if, you know, I want to be a lot more at peace this year, right? I want to have a, little, a lot more peace and I want to feel a lot more still and calm. You know, 2021 was a, gr- you know, my intention going into 2021 was God, pe- or, or, um, uh, peace, God and gratitude, right? I want a more peace. I want a, a better connection to God and I want a more gratitude in my life. I ended up getting none of those three, right? 2021 was a very transformative and, and beautiful year. It was very hectic, right? And 2022, uh, I want to have, I actually want to sort of honor those three intentions. So I look at it and I go, what thing can I do where if this is true, it almost guarantees that these other things are true. As I said, most people don't have goals. They have intentions and intentions are very hard to quantify and judge yourself against. And the other thing is, and this is another really, really important keynote. Listen to this. A lot of people have goals that quite frankly, they may not necessarily, uh, like I think as much as I try and I try and I try, and I guess this is funny because my first goal actually goes way against this rule. As much as I try and I try and I try and I try, I might have a business goal for that here, but it doesn't necessarily mean I hit it. You, you know, there are years, funny enough, where you work less and you end up uh, far exceeding your expectations for the results you get. And there are years where you work so much and you just don't, you know, the results don't go your way because at the end of the day, a lot of, not a lot, but definitely a, a large portion of life is luck right? And it's not really in your control. So I like to focus on the things that I can control, the actions that I can take that I, I like to focus more on actions as my goals rather than like the result, because at the end of the day, I've, I get it if you knew this and you want to set a, a results-based goal. But for me, I've been in, you know, I've been in goal setting, the goal setting world for like eight years. And I've realized very early on that like, yeah, I can try to set goals for results, but a lot of times that's not really in my control. So all of my goals, except that first one, which is kind of funny, totally went against my rule, are, are more action-based goals that would get me to the result that I want. And the other thing is they're actual goals, not intentions. They're, you know, they're, they're totally quantifiable. So on that note, now that you know the sort of lens that I go through, let me run you through my second goal. My second goal, and this is something that's very meaningful to me. Oh, guys, I apologize. I think this might be one of my sloppiest videos recently. Um, another thing that I like to do is I like to have one goal that anchors to a big goal. Hear me out on this. So for example, my, uh, you know, my first goal that I told you is have an investment portfolio of $20 million. Now I have another goal second to that, but that kind of anchors why it's so important for me to make $20 million. One of my goals this year is to buy my mom a house. Now I would have done this a long time ago. Um, you know, last year, I think I probably spent $150,000 on just my mom's wardrobe. You know, like uh, I got her a Patek Philippe Nautilus. Um, uh, once again, big shout out to Patek. I was taking care of me and my mom. Uh, I got her a Nautilus. I got her, you know, she hit, She gets one to two bags a month. And my mom is, she grew up the youngest of seven in the Soviet Union. Uh, you know, at some point when things were rough, I had a very weird childhood where like I went to private school, but then I also, me and my mom were on gover- uh, government benefits, which for those of you guys that don't know, it's kind of like welfare in America. So I had a very like weird upbringing, right? Where like me and my mom had no money, but then like I was going to private school through a weird marriage between her and my stepdad. And it was a long story. Maybe one day I'll reveal my full life story or the 10% that I can talk about or feel comfortable talking about. Anyways, my mom's dream house, because we grew up in London. As many of you guys know, London is kind of like New York. It's super, super expensive. So, you know, if we were living in somewhere else for $500,000, I could buy her a dream house or like a house that she would be super ecstatic with. Um, in London, you know, her, she, she, she loves muse houses, 
right? Um, and just maybe you can throw up a photo of like a muse house in London. She doesn't want anything massive. Uh, and, you know, she's never ever dared in a million years tell me, oh, I want you to buy me a house. Like my mom is, I give my mom a copy of my Amex and she never spends any money on it. Like I, I get, I have to push her so hard to even just spend my money, which is why I like the easiest way for me to do it is just giving her uh, clothes and stuff because she just, I, I don't even give her the receipt. Uh, I just give her the clothes and that's it. You know, she can't return them anyways. Uh, plus I also, um, I, I love some, you know, I love fashion. I love w women's fashion. So I get to live vicariously through my mom. Uh, so anyways, one of my big goals that kind of anchors that first goal is buying my mom a house. And in London, that house would cost me between three to $4 million. Yes, three to $4 million. Uh, I know it's very expensive. And the answer is you're correct. You know, to get a house in areas uh, such as Knightsbridge, Chelsea, South Kensington, which was, which are all the most sort of there's a lot of affluent areas, but definitely for me, I used to live in Knightsbridge uh, before I moved to Dubai. Literally five months ago, I had a four bedroom house in Knightsbridge. That house cost around like five, five and a half million dollars. Uh, and the rental yield was something like 1.8% a year, right? So also when I'm buying this house, it, buying property in these areas in London is the worst investment on earth. Horrible, horrible investment. But it doesn't really matter when it's someone's dream house, like when it's like the house that they intend on seeing through the rest of their years, right? Um, so, so that is genuinely my dream. If I could do that at the age of 22, like buy my mom her dream house, because uh, we've never really kind of owned our own house or like had a house that is like ours. Like my mom has never really had her own house, right? And I know it's something that's very important to her. Um, we also kind of had, just growing up, we had no stability or security, um, or like kind of, we hadn't, we, we never grew up with a feeling of safety, like we were safe. Um, so I just think this house outside of obviously being a house, like being kind of her dream house, being in London where we grew up and that's what she, all she knows, even, even though I did get her uh, apartment for six months in Dubai in the same building that I'm at, just so I always make sure my mom's close to me. Um, nonetheless, like London is her heart. That's where her heart is. If I could do that this year, it would be very meaningful to me, uh, in many, many ways. Uh, both uh, as a symbol uh, for us and the fact that I was able, I think like just having her own house is just her own home that she can call her own is like just very, uh, it's very symbolic for a lot of things that we went through growing up uh, that weren't so pleasant or fun. So that's a big goal of mine. Now, in order to do that, I definitely have to get around the $20 million mark. Um, if I can't do that, I still want to hit this goal. And maybe rather than buying the dream house, which is a three, you know, a two, three bedroom muse house in London for three to $4 million, which I know, by the way, guys, is painful. It's painful for me to even say that, right? Because as I said, I am the biggest, um, I I'm very outspoken about how terrible an investment a central London property is. It really is horrible. Uh, but as I said, when it comes to someone's dream house, it's, it's a bit of a different story. So if I'm not financially at a place where that makes sense, um, the next thing I'll look at is potentially buying her house in Cape Town. Uh, she's still never been. I'm trying to convince her to go. Well, actually, it doesn't take much convincing, but like uh, I said, I got her a place here for six months. So it doesn't make sense for her to go right now. Um, so maybe one in Cape Town, because for like $750,000 or a thousand or a million dollars, you can buy the sickest house ever. And like Cape Town is... If it wasn't sort of for taxes and a few other uh, sort of uh, geopolitical reasons, uh, I would be in Cape Town. Like Cape Town is a place that has my heart personally. Well, London and Cape Town. Um, so I think that would be really cool if she kind of had like a second home out there. Um, if that doesn't make sense, then I might buy her a property in Dubai for a million dollars. I could get a really, really nice place here. And I think um, Dubai is a place that 
like she's she's been super super happy here which i've loved uh so that would make sense um and then maybe not if dubai, uh, dubai then maybe i get her uh you know just keep rent, uh, renting her an apartment in like central london like a cute place there and then maybe buying her a place in the cotswolds once again for like seven hundred fifty thousand pounds a million pounds and get her beautiful sort of cotswolds place and then she can kind of you know drive between the two in her new 2022 range rover which i intend on getting her um so yeah anyways that's my second big goal um and those are all kind of two monetary money stuff i guess technically uh now let's get into my three other goals so my next goal for 2022 and by the way as i said i apologize um i feel as i'm giving a lot of really small nuanced details here for some of you guys maybe it's enjoyable for some of you guys maybe uh it's not and you just want me to get straight to the point let me know in the description maybe Goal number three is meditate 5,000 minutes in 2022. Now, I believe 5,000 minutes isn't much. Let me see. Uh, 5,000 divided by 365 comes out to 14, yeah, like 14 minutes a day, um, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but bear in mind, for example, there'll be weeks where, for example, I just had my New Year's Eve birthday. Like New Year's Eve is on the first. My birthday is on the third of January. So I usually bundle two together every year and take seven days off with my friends. Um, so that would be instantly seven times uh let's just say whatever uh, 15 so that's 75 uh, 75 minutes right there like an hour and 15 minutes that i will have to make up for some other part of the year so um you know on that note uh it's not so much sitting down for 30 you know i can sit down and meditate for 30 minutes i can sit down and meditate for an hour uh, it's more the consistency every single day and i'm very ashamed to say that the last six months of 2022 i basically didn't meditate at all you know, maybe once a week or something like that, which is horrible for me to, you know, considering that from 14, from 2014 uh, to 2021, so from major 14 to right at the beginning when I turned uh, 21 uh, in 2021, um, I meditated religiously every single day. You know, of course, maybe I missed a day or two uh, here and there, but funny enough, you know, it's it's funny. You don't realize at the moment, you're like, oh, I feel a little kind of more on edge or I feel a little bit more anxious or I feel like less grounded than I normally do. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. you haven't meditated for like five months, dude. Like, what the do you expect? Um, so once again, I like these goals where if this is true, then everything these other, you know, this other thing is true. or These other things are true. So if I meditate for 5000 minutes, I uh, 5000 minutes. Yeah, 5000 minutes. Um, so if I meditate for 5000 minutes, to me, that almost guarantees that I do feel more peace, God and gratitude. Um, so yeah, for me, that's a big goal. I think uh, meditation is a I know some people say, oh, it's not for me, blah, blah, this, that. Like, I don't buy that. Uh, honestly, I think that's like someone saying like exercise isn't for me. Maybe you can find different types of meditations that do work better for you, but every person should do meditation. Every person should stick to it for 30 days. And I know better than anyone else. I mean, I'm just getting back into it right now, the past week or so, or no, the past five days or so. Uh, it's it's tough. It's not the funnest thing uh, or the most fun thing when you're first starting out, but you know, hey, ho, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And it is by far... Uh, probably top three habits I've ever developed in my life. Next goal for 2022 is do strict monk mode for six months. So, you know, 180, what is it? 183 days, 183 days, 180. Our point is half the year, right? So, or 181 days, 182 days. Yeah, no, I think it's 182. 182 times two is three, six, four. So that I know there's three, six, five days in the year. I don't know guys, I'm a high school dropout. Come get some slack. So here's the thing. So a lot of people on, on YouTube, you know, will try to like put on this facade, like I'm perfect all the time, blah, blah, this, that. And here's the thing, when I'm in monk mode, like no one comes close, right? You will not emulate my output, my work output, uh, my, uh, sort of my vision, like how clearly I can see things and uh, my decision-making. My decision-making is impeccable. 
Now, usually what happens in the year is the first six months a year, I do monk mode or, you know, and I only started developing that in 2021, like really calling it like, and I, I, you know, by the way, the thing is, I forget what that, there's a phenomenon in life where you hear something like a long time ago and then you think that you've created it. Uh, I genuinely thought like I created the term monk mode. Apparently it's a thing that's been floating around. Um, so I don't know who created it, but whoever did technically first time credit to them, but whatever, I still call it my monk mode, right? Cause it's my own protocol. Uh, and I have a very set protocol and, you know, in gradiency, you know, some people follow along. And I think I even have a YouTube video on it of like the things that are mandatory for me in my monk mode protocol uh, and the things that you can kind of slot in and do whatever you want. So for me, monk mode, no matter what includes no alcohol, sticking to, for me, uh, a carnivore diet, carnivore keto diet. When I say carnivore keto, just so some people who don't understand what carnivore is can kind of understand it. But for me, it would be carnivore diet, right? So like meditation, uh, uh, carnivore and alcohol, like a certain amount of meditation uh, per day. So right now I'm doing 30 minutes a day, a certain amount of meditation per day, carnivore and no alcohol. Those three things make sure, you know, those three things pretty much ensure that I'm very, very on the ball. So let's say one big thing that, like, let's say I will have certain business goals that I want to achieve. Like, let's say for you, you want to hit $100,000 next year. Well, you can set the goal for $100,000, but once again, like a lot of it is genuinely luck or timing or like 101 different things. Um, and that does play a role in it. So instead, I would much prefer to be like, okay, I, w- you know, a goal of mine is to do strict monk mode for six months, because if you do strict monk mode for six months, you're going to be insane. Like you're going to be, uh, you know, next level. And that doesn't mean that you need to do six months of strict monk mode all in one go. You know, for me, I'll do maybe uh, two uh, two months and then take a week break and then two months and then a week break and then a three month break. And then like right at the end, you know, the way that I like to do things, I'm a very extreme person. Like I, in my summers, here's the way my, my years usually go, right? And it's a no other sort of like entrepreneur YouTuber will tell you this because they want to seem perfect or whatever. Usually six months, the first six months a year, I don't really, you know, maybe there's two or three occasions. Uh, I don't really drink. Uh, I don't really leave my house much. Like I'm very like dialed in and focused the first six months a year. Like I'm a, a machine. Usually what happens around June, July, August is I flip totally. And I go from full work mode to like work being like maybe my third or fourth priority. Bear in mind, I do have a team. So you, you, you know, you may not necessarily be able to do this if you don't have a team like I do um, to make sure that I don't, you know, the businesses don't go to shit. Like they still manage it perfectly, but we're not in growth mode. We're in, you know, sort of manage and stability mode. And basically I just party for three months straight. You know, I think uh, between July and August for 60 days, there wasn't one night that I didn't drink or like one day that I didn't drink. Like it was just constant parties, like just the sick, like, there, yeah, there's just like, yeah, the past, like the second half of 2021 was definitely very, very eventful in terms of parties, social life, blah, blah, this, that, et cetera, et cetera. But my usual yearly schedule is six months work, three months take off, uh, and then three months is kind of like, work but not as intense as the first six months and just kind of recharge batteries as well going into my next six month burst so for me uh being able to say hey one of my goals for this year is strict monk mode for six months kind of ensures that six months a year i know that for me genuinely i can get more done if i'm in monk mode i I can get more done if i have a six month uh, monk mode period than most people can do in three or four years right um so that's why between meditating five thousand minutes and doing strict monk modes for six months a year I pretty much ensure that number one, I have for half of the year, definitely, uh, you know, feelings of peace, God and gratitude. And number two, that I'm really uh, my output for this year, even if I did no work in that second six months a year or barely any work in that second six months a year, I know that my output for 2022 would have been incredible. 
Sorry to interrupt your viewing experience, but real quick before we get into the rest of the video, if you want my unadulterated, unfiltered opinions on things, if you want to know what I'm working on at the moment, what I'm investing on at the moment, and a bunch more real-time insights, wisdom, and knowledge, I'm gonna go ahead and leave my Twitter somewhere around here. Go ahead, follow me on there, turn on post notifications. I'm actually a dinosaur, I don't even know if there are post notifications on Twitter, but if there are, definitely check them out. Uh, some of the things I post on there are definitely timely when it comes to, especially some of the investment stuff. And on that note, I will let you return back to the video. So yeah, that is basically my fourth goal. Now my fifth goal is get to 500,000 YouTube subscribers. At the moment, I think we're hovering around 180 something. Um, and yeah, this is just, you know, to me, it's something that's important. If I wanna grow the businesses, I wanna grow the brand, um, I will be honest, like I feel as though I have, I feel as though I have a lot of really good stuff to share and I feel as though not enough, I'm not sharing it with enough people. And I don't say that as in like, oh, boohoo me. It's like, it's my fault. Like I haven't been doing enough to, um, you know, for example, recently just hired a full-time YouTube manager that manages SEO, sort of takes the video ideas that I have and then makes it something where it could actually rank well and could do well publicly. Because before, you know, like I had great content, but I wasn't making it uh, sort of rankable and it wasn't really doing much with SEO, et cetera, et cetera. So as I said, I feel as though just being honest, I have really good content out there. And trust me, like when it comes to the, the world of YouTube and entrepreneurship, like I know all the guys behind the scenes and like this very, there's honestly if only a handful, maybe 1% of people who are actually what they make themselves out to be on YouTube, right? Like, so it feels like I got some pretty real content. I got some content where like, you know, like I say stuff that no one else would be, would dare say, you know, because they're scared of getting canceled. Whereas like, I, whereas I really don't give a about getting canceled. First of all, I don't think there's anything you really could cancel me for because whatever you could say about me, I've already said I'm not really a person that tries to, I still have a lot of ego and I need to work on that, but like, I don't, really ever try to protect my ego by you know painting a picture that i'm perfect like I, I talk about my flaws constantly you know i talk about my ups i talk about bad things i've done i talk, I talk about you know uh, uh psychedelic trips and drug use and recreational and non-recreational and i talk about partying and drinking and debauchery and uh all the stuff so i feels like, and and very heavy hitting world topics that most people will be way too scared to talk about so yeah you know i feel as though i've got some great content um and i think this year if i can grow to 500,000 subscribers and really grow my reach you know number one will definitely help agreeancy.com the education company reach more people because uh you know i spent most of 2021 working on the product or at least most of my time associated to gya in 2021 working on the product and i just got i just got to a point where i realized like we were already the best educational program out there with the best track record and i was so obsessed with making it better which i'm very happy i did like so much more you know, taking it to, you know, taking it to astronomical levels, both in terms of the product and in terms of like the custom platform and everything surrounding it, that I, that I really have been neglecting actually just making some money. And it's like, uh, you know, I, and I've always almost felt like bad about making money in that business. Wherever it is now, like we, you know, between, you know, between me and my team, the product and the Q and A's and the custom tools and the custom platform and everything I've spent so much money and time working on, like we help so many business owners and starting business owners and you know even existing business owners we work with a lot of high level uh you know we work with a lot of agencies who are at like 7 8k a month trying to get to 100k a month They're like yeah we should be compensated so um you know getting to 500,000 youtube subscribers uh is a goal uh, to help that business and then also getting to 500k youtube subs uh, i said for me i just think personally um i'm at a stage where i want to kind of increase my reach uh, I feel as though there's more people who I can help. And if I can take my message, like for example, you know, 
this is a video that is probably going to end up being like whatever 30 40 minutes when it could have been very simply 10 or 12 minutes so if i can still stay true to myself and say whatever i want whenever i want um and you know never try to be politically correct or never try to do stuff uh because you know get views or this that if i can do that but then also still be a little bit more clever in the way that we seo and thumbnail and title and this and that and as i said my you know benji who works for me full-time now um and has been amazing already if, if he can come in and kind of help that i would definitely love to uh, reach more people in uh, in 2022 so ladies and gentlemen that was a very long-winded video with way more detail than needed to be to explain my 2022 goals now as always as you guys know i give away a pair of free gadget g1 blue light blockers in every single video if you check in the description down below you can find the winner from last videos giveaway uh and all you got to do is very simple subscribe turn on post notification like the video and then leave a comment within the first two hours of each video going live and then just come back to the next video and see if you won you know there's people who did it dozens of times in 2021 and then eventually end up winning a free pair of gadget g1 blue light blockers and on that note if you stuck around until this point i salute you definitely a lot of blabbering i apologize i have been fasting the last 24 ish hours doing a 36 hour fast going into my monk mode protocol and i'm just gonna stop talking now it's getting too much hope you guys enjoy catch you next one Thank you so much for sticking until this point. I know that if you've got in here, then you are hungry for more knowledge and more content. So I went ahead and specifically picked out an incredible video for you to watch next that I know you're going to love. Check it out right there.